This is Courtney. I play McKenna Ali, your favorite Loxodon. Well, let's be honest, your favorite character. I want to thank you for joining us on this adventure. Starlight has taken a lot of love from all four of us, and from the bottom of our hearts, we are so thankful. Every review, every subscribe, every Patreon subscriber, or in any way that you give back to Starlight means the world to us. And in case you didn't know, each reading or review helps reveal our podcast for those finding new podcasts and adventures to go on. I truly hope you enjoy the venture ahead. Until next time, see you later, spacers. Hey, what's up, guys? Isaac York's here, host and GM. I wanted to reach out and let you guys know that there is a little bit of like kind of like this popping noise that you might hear every once in a while in the audio. And you might notice some of the difference in the quality of my voice in particular compared to the others. I'm going to be honest and let you guys know what's going on here. Um, As a professional athlete, I am traveling around a lot. So I have a lot of like impromptu studios. And most of the time it works out just fine and great. Well, unfortunately, uh, not so much this time. The story is still great. The audio is still beautiful, but I'm just, I'm a big believer in doing things well and having high quality. And I want you to know that it's not quite, my voice in particular is not quite where I want the quality to be. Um, I know you guys are the best fans ever and you are going to still enjoy the episode, but I want you to know that this isn't a habit. And for those of you that are supporting us on Patreon, this is kind of the kinds of things that the support and the money go to, which is making sure that I have great travel mics, making sure that I have the ability to build impromptu studios with sound blankets and stuff like that. Um, but without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Starlight. Welcome to Starlight, guys. I hope you guys are having a great start to your month. And uh, it is is June, and we are two months out from the very first time that we started this show. So thank you so much for being a part of that growth. Uh, as always, you guys make this show go around. And I am Isaac, your host and GM. And why don't we jump on over to you? I am Courtney, and I play McKenna Lee. I am Sam Williams, and I play the coolest cybernetic cowboy you've ever seen. I'm Nathan, and I play Atlas. And just for some context, everyone here, except for maybe McKenna, is starting to get worried about their characters. Okay, maybe it's just Atlas. So we maybe have had some talks (laughs) about new characters, because you never know. We might blow up. Thilo Khan might come and assassinate everyone. Zakar could be a zombie. So, yeah. Was that some foreshadowing? Of your deaths? Absolutely. (laughs) And um, so we're excited to jump into the adventure and continue on with that. And let's do so. Neuralink, access memories. Accessing. Following a short but dangerous skirmish with Zakar, the Kinku Junker, the spacers realize that they actually know the location of the Sunmaker ship, the Maliki. Grabbing the key with which to contact the Sunmaker, the spacers find themselves closing in on the ship. The apparatus which will allow them to finally chase more than whispers. Memories retrieved. And so, per usual, those who have been a part of the Patreon community 
have gone ahead and given a vote of inspiration. This time, unfortunately, none can be added to my own inspiration pool, but it is given as a <laughs> gift to McKenna. So, Thank you, Patreon subscribers. We love you. All right. <laughs> so the camera looks at the front entrance of this warehouse. The doors are sealed tight. The wind is whipping outside and there is just like this little bit of sleet and smog. And there is just this little robot that's kind of like moving on these like three wheels. It's about two inches tall and has a kind of like square head. And just as it's going in front of this door, the door slams open with a boom. Sends it twirling out of the way with a and we see McKenna Ali, this giant two-footed elephant, holding this key cube thing as she's running off towards the ship that you guys traveled in on. It is not too far away, docked away. And as she runs past the camera, the camera zooms into the darkness of this warehouse junkyard. And we hear the sounds of alarms going off and we can see just on the outer edges of all of this tools and spare parts and robot robotics. You can see these little like hooded figures running off into the distance. And even more past them, we see the remnants of an explosion from a wayward shot. We see a half destroyed smoldering dragon um, and we, we focus in on two characters. One is cybernetic cowboy named Clive Jensen and a hulking mammoth man named Atlas. The only other thing is Gorn's body still lies at the bottom of this dragon, which has now like reached the top of the platform where you guys were standing above. And his body is limp. Um, and there's a little bit of like fluid, although it doesn't look like blood coming from him. Um, and then not too far from there, you see the computer that's a car worked on, and it still has like that kind of like synth reset code all up on it. Okay, well, Atlas, why don't you go ahead and go uh, grab the body, and uh, I'll go take a look at this terminal to see if there's anything, anything on this terminal I can uh, find out. I'm also going to grab some of the. Um, various equipment repair doodads that I could possibly use and salvage for later. Okay, go ahead and make a like a, a survival roll as you try to scrounge around for what you would think to be the most useful repair. 18. You pull together a makeshift toolkit. You open up the terminal. Go ahead and uh, make a interface check. Uh, 19. What you find does kind of startle you. You find that not only is this a synth reset code, but you, you find multiple subject lines involving Gorn's name. It, however, speaks of him and it's not from him as you were kind of making your way through you pick up on the fact that gorn is indeed a synth but what is surprising to you is that there is another person who is telling zakar that in the situation 
that the Sunmaker secrecy is compromised, my synthetic double that I had made will bring you here as I have encrypted his memories to believe that the Sunmaker ship is here. Mm. And as you kind of like sift through these over and over again, you find one name that you remember from quite a while ago, and that is Dwindle. I knew you were going to say Dwindle. Atlas picks up Gorn. Atlas, go ahead and just... You can make a biology check real quick on him. <laughs> Ten. Gorn is barely hanging on. The heartbeat is soft and the breath is shallow. You guys catch up to McKenna and McKenna, you come to the ship, it, the lift is down, and um, you start making your way in. And shortly, your companions follow, running into the back of you. You see that both of Gorn's guards are still sitting there. They are completely inert. <laughs> Just sitting there, staring at one another. The cockpit is empty where Gorn would normally sit. Uh, and you see Atlas and Clive come in behind you with Gorn. Well, nice of you to join me. Does anyone know how to drive this ship? I think I might know. I think I might know a thing or two Great. about piloting and the I'm ship. And I'm going to tell him where the Sunmaker ship is based on the information that I have. Um, and then I'm going to ask you to take us there as soon as possible. Before I attempt to pilot the ship, I'm also going to attempt to see if I can repair Gorn. So you're going to use the repair kit that you just got. Yeah. Um, and so that would be a an intelligence roll with your proficiency modifier. Oh, I got a two. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> you realize the damage is quite extensive. That just a simple repair kit is not going to do undo a lot of the damage <laughs> done. At most, Gorin probably has a couple hours. Uh, well, fortunately, there's nothing I can do for him. Uh, it looks like he's suffered some serious, some serious damage. Uh, maybe <clears throat> I'll go check out the the cockpit, see if I can get this ship flying. If you guys want to keep an eye on him and at least keep him comfortable, or maybe if he starts talking again, we can learn some more information. Yeah, I will. Um, while he, while Clive is doing that, I'm going to try to do the the same to Gorn and just see if a little womanly touch has the effect 17 yeah as you're working on gorn you are able to hit like a spot that seems to stabilize him in terms of the pain that he's feeling you have no having no experience working with sense mm-hmm. before you don't know like the interconnection of the biology with the machine um, and you can only guess that maybe you bought an extra hour or so. so okay. Not. Okay. While they're both busy, Alice goes sit next to the guards for a second, the one that he knows or thinks is... Bill? 
And he's gonna kind of like whisper to him, and I trust you with having my back when we meet when we get to our destination. There is a small smile and a nod. It's very subtle. All right. <laughs> Alrighty. Alice will obviously just get up. I, like, put the ship into autopilot. And turn on some, some ballroom music. Oh, it's a dancing time? And you're gonna see McKenna light up? Get in here, McKenna. And before that, I'm gonna extend my hand to Atlas and ask if he would like to join. Oh, no. No. I was just okay, gonna well, shake his head and walk away. And smoke like in the back. Alice, will you at least watch and take notes? Oh. Fine. Well, I'm gonna happily glide in my way into the room with Clive. <laughs> and you're both kind of dancing in like this like halfway junction between the cargo hold and the cockpit. McKenna, the lessons continue, the ones that you started on the dragon. So I want you to go ahead and Make a uh, <laughs> let me let me see here. Uh, dancing with an elephant. Yep. <laughs> Only in D and D. Make a combined roll of an intelligence roll, just straight, mm -hmm. as well as with culture. So that is a five for intelligence and a nine for culture. All right, so you sweep Clive off his feet, showing him, twirling him, leading him. Your trunk becomes an extension of your hand, and your hand becomes an extension of that. Clive moves like the most graceless <laughs> of elephants. <laughs> but he's starting to get the hold of it, or, or so it seems. Clive, go ahead and make a straight performance roll. I got an 11. There's like a moment where you, McKenna, you let him go. He twirls and then stumbles across the floor as the, the wind kind of catches the <laughs> side of the ship and just, and he kind of crashes into the side. Hmm. Well, Clive, let's just try that one what? more time. We, we'll get it. What are you throwing me around the room for? All right. All right. Well, we could try one more time. I'm sorry. But... I, I'm used to dancing with elephants. Um, you're a little oh, come light. On, that's... Maybe you're just a little heavy. <gasps> Who's the one teaching you to dance, Clive? I don't know. At this point, it doesn't seem like we're getting very far. <laughs> you just well, threw me into a wall. Try again. All right, fine, fine. We can try again. We get one more time. Mechanic, you're gonna make the two same rolls. Sixteen and thirteen. Clive. Ooh, and I got a nineteen per for performance. Oh, I extend a hand to Clive assuming he accepts. I put us into the correct position and we slowly walk through the formal um, ballroom dancing moves while my trunk is swaying to the music, but my trunk is not part of the dancing this time because the trunk obviously was the problem last time. 
So he's gonna start. He's gonna follow along with McKenna, and then, you know they're dancing, they're ballroom dancing, and then all of a sudden, when there's like a break in the music, he's gonna flip a switch, and it's gonna turn it into some salsa music, and they're gonna start getting intense. Oh, McKenna <laughs> is so down for this. She's so ready. It's a little bit of like a uh, crazy shift, um, but you guys almost like have like having practice now for getting close to an hour. You guys have started to kind of like pick up a little bit of like kind of like that partner chemistry. And even though you're both kind of like at this point muddling your way through it, it is also maybe it's not quite as beautiful as the dances, but it has a ton of charisma to it. Well done, Clive Jensen. We'll have to do our yeah. first live performance one of these days soon. Well, thank you. You know, I, I've been a little hard on you, McKenna, since since we ever met, but I, I do appreciate you uh, showing me a little bit of a little bit of culture. And I've been I've been having a good time. I've been having fun. Good. Well, now back to the cockpit. Uh huh. Yeah, we must be getting there pretty soon. All right, everyone, go buckle up. When you guys kind of like start bringing the ship down, you see rough eddies of water with like almost like glacier masses in them. And just barely off in the distance, you kind of all huddle around the front of the cockpit, around Clive, and look out and you can see this like the barest outline of a small like land formation. Not much. It couldn't be more than a half mile in, in any direction almost like a sandbar if there was one that existed out here. And it looks frosted over, and McKenna kind of nods this is the place, at least according to the, the information you found in the way. And the ship begins to make a circular pattern. I need everyone as a group to go ahead and make a perception roll. Nine. Nineteen. Sorry, 20, unnatural 20. The group as a whole um, notices that this relatively like flat surface has one singular hump to it. That is very strange. And as you bring your ship closer, you realize that it is the outline of some sort of dragon that has been covered in tons and tons of dust and ash. McKenna is rushing off the ship and running to the dragon. Wait, McKenna, hold on. We don't even know what we're getting ourselves. Clive, the dancing's over. We must hurry now. All right, all right. Just make sure you gather up your equipment before we head out of here. We have no idea what we're walking into. Come on, Atlas. Gotta- oh, yeah, Atlas has already jumped off and started trying to, like, outpace <laughs> McKenna. <laughs> to note, I have the key, correct? Yes. Every time. As you're walking down the ramp, you hear the sound of boots shifting and then the sound of footsteps clanging behind you. You turn and you see that one of Gorn's guards is walking 
behind you. He simply nods at you and brushes past your shoulder and continues walking after the other two. Well, uh, uh, I guess I'm going to start following everybody. I'm going to lock up the ship first. Don't worry, guys. I got it. this outline of the ship is it is almost like if you took a ship and covered it in just layers and layers of ash you can just barely make out the like darkened skin of the dragon beneath some of the parts that the wind has swept away the air is so thick with ash it is almost kind of like hard to breathe your chest expanding to about like halfway just <sighs> that being said the place is not without life McKenna, as you are the first one with Atlas right close in stride to the side of the ship, the side that you would assume the entrance to be on, there is a small <clears throat> And out of the ash, you see this like gray feathered with like white stripes around a neck and an orange beak type of bird pop up out of the ash, kind of like surprised at you and just flaps its little like featherless wings and you see like a whole family of them just pop up and slide down on their belly past you on the ash and just waddle away. Well, thank you for keeping the ship safe. As you come up to the side, you kind of like take one massive hand and push a lot of the ash away. You see the entrance to the side of the Sunmaker ship. The ship that you once knew is the Maliki. You can see that there is a little latch to open the door, and you can see like there's a an area to put your hand up onto and interface with the ship itself. I'm doing that. Go ahead and make an interface and check as you touch the side. That would be a 18. The ship is almost, it's slow to respond. You almost get like this like feeling of like light. Like if you could feel light, it's just like these small pulses as your mind almost melds in with the dragon. And then slowly, a singular consciousness comes up into your mind. Mokina? Kinsworth? Moonmaker. Hello, friend, how are you? Well, I am just fine, I've just been napping. But I will tell you what, I have been busy. Oh yes, I've been really busy. You will not believe the things that I have seen. Do tell me. <laughs> well, do you mind if I come in first? Oh no, no, of course anything from the master's old friend. Thank you, thank you. Please open up and I'd love to hear what's going on in your world. <laughs> well, hold on, let me uh, dust off these hologram projectors so you can see me. Thank you. I dare say you'll be surprised that I you're not looking worse for the wear. No, no, I'm taking good care. Good care. If I might ask, who are these three blips that I am seeing? Well, they're friends, or trying to be friends. You know, you know my desire to make friends quickly and build deep relationships. 
the cowboy, it seems to be, it's it's happening faster with. And we danced, you know how I won all the dance competitions. Um, and the other one, Alice, he, uh, he's a tough one. Kendra, you'll have to help me break him. We've got to get to know his story. And then the other one's the guard of a guy who recently passed out and when we were trying to get to the Sunmaker ship, but they it was it was a ruse and they all lied to us. And so now we're here to the real one. You know how that all works. Well, I dare say some friends sound fascinating fun. Why, I've been working on the concept of fun before. Ooh, oh, dear old master would not let me have any fun. He was such a taskmaster making me fly him everywhere. It was always this or that. I know that that Sunmaker, he he was a tough one. All right, well, come on, come on, come in. Ramp opens up, allowing you guys to enter into the Maliki, and the lights slowly come on and it's like there's like a flicker of every single light and every single like glowing implement as if it hasn't been on in a while the air is kind of musky kinsworth it looks amazing in here have you cut it up (laughs) not as much as i should have although i do blame that dwindle he is supposed to be here taking care of things and he's left me alone dwindle dwindle kinsworth how do you know dwindle and can I see you? I feel like I'm talking to myself. I gotta see this new look that you have. You uh, begin to make your way into the center of the dragon where you guys can see like a little kind of like gaming console and like area where you would use to just kind of recreate and hang out. And Atlas and Clive, as you are making your way through, this is not the most opulent dragon that you've seen, but it's well above like what most people would have if they ever had a dragon. And not only that, it is loxodonian size and you guys are all like taken as there's like this twirling of light as this arm moves across like this track on the ceiling to the center of the room and begins to twirl shazam and you watch as this hologram of a older man with like red skin He has this graying mustache and a shock of hair, just like a singular comb over that comes over to like the the right of the head. And with the twirling of the arm, (laughs) there's like a twirling of like a cape and or is it like more of like a tailcoat to a jacket. And it's coming up out of a kneeling position, dressed like a butler. If you see Kinsworth Page, you see that the coat itself has a base of fire red rubies that kind of like smoke. And the last time you saw him, he looked just like a loxodon. Kendworth, you have outdone yourself. This is amazing. Look at the the new and improved and the better and the stylish you. <laughs> well, I dare say so. I've done such a good job myself. I uh, was going through some data banks you know, I took it upon myself to upload some things when we were at the mainframe, and I remember that I found mm-hmm. some interesting things on a uh, subspecies of one of those outbounds planets—the kind that nobody's supposed to go in. They call them fire genasis. Hmm, is this where the style comes from? Absolutely, I found this one in one of those uh, documentaries. 
I love it. Yes. Although, I would prefer if you don't call me Kinsworth anymore. Oh. These days, I find that Paige is all the rage. Paige. Kinsworth, I, you must understand that we've been friends for so long, and, and Kinsworth is your name to me, so I will try to remember Paige, but do not... Do not um, be upset if it comes out as Kendrick. No, no, I, I won't be upset. And at the, for the first time, he takes a look at all of you. His eyes narrow, and the the irises themselves are like coals that are on their last legs, kind of like dying away. Steps off the hologram table, his feet kind of like dispersing into like glittering dust as he walks towards every single one of you. He's shorter than all of you. He looks up at Atlas, raises a hand to shake yours. Paige. Nice to meet you. And I know Atlas will attempt to shake his hand. I don't know if it's a hologram, so I don't know if he's actually... <laughs> his hand sinks through yours. <laughs> and Paige just smiles. So good to touch another being. Walks over to you, Clive. I am Paige. Uh, nice to meet you. Page. I am Clive Jensen. Mr. Jensen. And then he walks over to the guard and he does the same thing with the long pronunciation of the name. The guard removes his helmet and you guys for the first time see Phil Ilkhan standing <laughs> there. Um, <Hey>. Page. <laughs> um, he is not supposed to be here. Is uh, wow, this is weird. Thilocon, we are not friends. No, we aren't. Why are you here? Paige, if you want to put the security systems <laughs> on that are on the Maliki, that would be helpful. Paige turns at you, looks at you with a smile, looks back at Thilocon. Thilocon looks at him and says, Commander Khan. Commander? Well, Welcome to my home. <laughs> oh, dare I say my prison. Oh, dear friend. He looks at you, McKenna, again. No, I will not turn on the security system. I <laughs> am done taking orders. <sighs> Fair enough. Is Fusion around? No, he has not been for quite some time. He brought us down here and left me in the care of Dwindle. Dwindle left me for his excursions around the universe. Doesn't say much, doesn't visit. Leaving me to my own devices. Did you know that I love puzzles, McKenna? So I... have been feeling my time studying them. Learning the joys of what it is to be alive. Tell you what, I'll turn on the security system if you answer my, uh... My riddles. I don't want you to have to listen to me. There's no need for me to do your riddles, and there's no need to turn on the security system. Oh, well. But I would love to hear your riddle. No, but no, what is the point of a riddle without a, some sort of a reward? And he begins walking out of the room, and he says, Well, I have things to study. I think I'm going to go watch an old rom-com. You enjoy yourself! Paige, um, how would you feel about an adventure? Can we take the ship up? He freezes just as his body's halfway through a wall. Adventure. Go ahead and make a persuasion roll. Ten. 
His eyes, what appear to be eyes, make contact with the cube in your hand. And he looks at it carefully and that's Master's Emergency Contact. An adventure. Why, yes, I would be delighted for an adventure. How do we use this emergency contact page? Oh, well, let me show you. You come to the front, and he begins leading you guys to the front of the, the dragon where you would... Can I do an insight on him to make sure that we're not being yes. led anywhere? Uh, 14. Hard to read a uh, program, but the program itself is not showing any nervous tics. Okay. Nothing. He makes his way to the front of the dragon where you would uh, pilot it, and you can see the kind of liquid base cylinder where you would stick your hands in and like the goggles that you would attach to you. And you see in this console, there's a bunch of like around the outer edges of the liquid. There's a bunch of like buttons and various doodads and implements. You see that there's a small area to insert the cube. Paige bows for you to put that cube there. Thank you, Paige. And I put it in. The machine kind of lights up with a the cube begins to sink. There goes a burbling within the liquid, and then all the lights shut off. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> now, what fun would it be if I just gave you the way to communicate with Master? Paige, what's the puzzle? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I have been dying to practice this on someone. I tell you what, before Dwindle left, well, the last time he said that I was getting a little cracked, and he watches like the, the illusion, the image kind of like fizzles for a second, like, Shh, and I couldn't disagree anymore. So I'll tell you what, I know you like adventure, I know you like danger. He snaps his fingers and you hear like the faint alarm. Self-destruct. In ten minutes. Paige, what are you doing? I'm making this a game of consequences. <laughs> this is fun for you and me. If you're wrong, I die too. Do you want to die? <sighs> because I want to take you on an adventure. Well, then I guess you better get it right. Okay. Now, here is the puzzle, my friends. What am I? You gladly cut into my head. He takes this, like, knife that suddenly appears in his hand and snaps it into his head and it stays there. But it is only then that your sorrow comes in full and tears spray forth from all around. Say that one more time, please. Without the drama. <clears throat> what am I? You gladly cut into my head. But it's only then your sorrow comes in full, and tears spray forth from all around. What am I? How many guesses do we get? Oh, you have about ten minutes worth. If you need me, I'm going to watch my cooking show. And you watch as his, like, uh, clothes change to that of an apron. And he begins walking out of the room, and you hear, like, a television-type source come on. And you hear like an old, old tape come on. <sighs> Cooking the Lakshadanian way. You gladly cut into my head, but when you do, tears 
spring forth? Guys, I don't know what it is. Well, come on, McKenna. You know him. You know him better than anyone. You should... What did you even get us into here? I feel like it could be my daughter. That is where my first guess goes. Is it just us three in the cockpit room right now? And still. And Khan. And Khan. Uh, Th- okay. Is he attempting to. Is he just kind of chilling there? He's thinking about it himself, too. This is a ship. So while we're all thinking about it, Clive is also going to, like, kind of start trying to mess around with some of the the electronics to see if maybe he he can figure out a way to put a stop to it in case we don't come up with an answer <laughs> go ahead and make an interfacing roll 17 you are able to add five more minutes to the time but you're not able to stop it oh well i I tried anyway. I did. I did. I did what I could. We gotta. We gotta figure this answer out. Come on, McKenna. There's got to be something. Something about in your past. Something about this guy that. I told you my guess. I think it's my daughter. From the other side of the ship, you hear a page humming. Then you hear the sound of what sounds like a knife on a wood block. Mm, a little spice here makes it real nice. Hmm. Onion. Onion. Oh. Mm-hmm. Nice job. Well, you mentioned dude. cooking. That's what I was like. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, I was way well, overthinking it. Alice has an intelligence of nine, so he doesn't overthink much. <laughs> Paige's voice comes over the ship. An onion. Oh, so delightful. What it would be if I could cry. And he comes back in throws off this apron that then disappears into the floor. <sighs> All right. Well done. And to you too, Mr. Jensen, changing the parameters of the game. Don't think I didn't see you adding time to that. Well, I believe that uh, Master wish, wishes to answer. Thank you. And Paige steps away and slowly the console begins to light up once more the cube continues to sink until it is completely uh encapsulated within the the console itself and the burbling of the liquid begins to build and then there is a voice that rings across. What is it, my dear and good servants? Hello, my dear friend. Fusion, it is good to hear you. Moonmaker. Sunmaker. 
There's been quite a tidal wave since you left. As there will be more to come, might I ask, while it is lovely to hear your voice, how has this come to pass? How much detail do you want? You know I have an issue of rambling and I'm working on it, so I... And I, it sounds exhausting for you to be here. Everything is exhausting. But the work must continue. Yes, my servants, Dwindle. Sometimes he goes by Gorn. Please tell me you did not hurt him to get the key that I left him. Well, he's exceptionally obnoxious, and you could have chosen a a less obnoxious servant, but he's alive and well. Yeah, even if he is obnoxious, I could not choose a better one. Plucked from a dying ship adrift in space. His gratitude will indebt him to me. Which makes him the perfect candidate. But... Candidate for what? To safeguard the tasks and the trail of which I have started. But obviously, that has begun to unravel. Dear friend, might we borrow your ship for a period of time? Why? Well, part one is I've adopted a child. I need to go pick him up. Um, part two is we need to get off of um, whatever planet this is. Um, and we don't have our own means of transportation. And, oh, I would love to stay connected with Paige. You know how well we got along. I have no control over the ship at this point. Nor will I likely ever again. My job is almost done. But while you remain connected to Naguru, I cannot allow you to come. Tell me why you left. Now that is a story that is long and in the making. But if you must know, it is no secret. For I told Naguru himself. And if the rat hasn't told you, then I will give you the truth. The power that he found in the path is one of corruption. Plain and simple, the path he walks will bring ruin to our people and to others. There is a way to reseat the galaxy with the Noxidonian influence, and do justice for our kind. But it is not his path, for his path will end in only ruin. That is why I left. Well, friend, your concern about me being connected to Naguvu is, um, is not a concern. After the sacrifice of my daughter, I... I had to leave. Um... And I had a feeling about what you were saying, and now you're saying it, and and I'm hearing a trusted friend say what I thought to be true. And so, the connection to Nuguvu is, um, I mean, I'm sure I'll have to tell him. 
at some point, but it is no longer one of camaraderie. I know you well enough to know that you would not seek out a secret that I have hidden. Well, only to ask me a simple question. What do you want, McKenna Ali? And speak plainly. I wanted the truth. There was not much more than that. And now I want to go back and get Sisa. But at this point, I think the next mission will be figuring out how to address Naguvu. Um, but for now, my mission is is minimal. And I speak truthfully. But it's good that you've walked away. Then go in peace. The ship is yours. Although, there are those who have connected it with the Naguvu Knights. And I cannot provide or promise safe passage while in it. But, I have suppressed much of the information surrounding it, as my influence is now far and wide. Take the ship. It is yours. Thank you, dear friend. I doubt we will ever speak again, and perhaps it should be that way. But I hope you will be there to guide Loxodons who wish to know of their past, for there will be a time in the very near future where our eminence will grow once more. Goodbye, McKenna Holly. Goodbye. And I am crying. And it shuts off without you guys finding out where he is, because McKenna never asked. Oh! Yeah, it seems in character. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted. Well, you know, he's safe, and so that's the greatest thing that McKenna could have asked for, because Atlas cannot get to him now. <laughs> Well, Paige, it looks like we're good to take the ship. Um, I am going to go uh, clean up in the, the restroom and cry a little bit, and maybe you can prepare things to go. Paige, can you retrace where that signal came from? Go ahead and make a persuasion roll with advantage. Ten. Why, of course. What? <laughs> Another game, perhaps. That's fine. What is your riddle? Comes up out of the darkness, puts both hands up in front of him, and then okay. puts them behind his body. Ready? How many fingers am I holding up? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> he's a jokester, so I'm going to consider his thumbs are not fingers. If he's holding up... Wait a second. Is he translucent? Partially. Can I just try to perceive if I can see, like, like see behind his like body? Like, obviously, I can like just see a like a shadow or a glimpse behind him. Yeah, make a perception roll. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on, eight. You can make out one hand, but the other one's like hard to to see, and it looks like he's made one entire hand disappear as he's chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll give you three guesses. 
and he walks into the wall and disappears. <laughs> okay. How many fingers is he? Um, I get three guesses. Five? Mm-hmm. Can you run through the hologram and see what the coding is to see if there's anything that pops up? Uh, yeah, sure. I can give it a shot. Okay, they're going to need to make an interfacing check to break in. Eleven. Oh, naughty, naughty. Next time, I'll zap you, boy. Hmm. Is that a threat or a promise? Okay. My first guess is four. No. Okay, my second guess... Wait, he said he made his hand disappear. Yeah, I'm going to say zero. Oh! An onion boy gets it right. A hologram has no real hands. <sighs> oh, <boy. laughs> oh my god, I thought figured that's what you're going for. We are gonna have so much fun. Imagine this us flying through the universe. Mr. Page. You know, we do have another ship. We could just go back to that one. Oh god. <laughs> Fine. A hologram of a planet appears up in the center of the console. Perfect. It's blue and it's slowly rotating. You see that this image of this planet, there is not a single traceable mark of a natural, like, geographic formation other than the ocean. The rest looks like city built on top of city built on top of city. You can see lanes, like almost like rings of uh, Saturn that go around it and within like the asteroids of there you can see like images of ships racing in and out of them. This is, as you all would recognize, the planet of Indul. It is in XR1. It is the home world. It is the seat of the Celestial Federation. The planet then like starts to grow as Paige's voice comes on over the, the top of the ship again. Of course I can show it to you, and I will. That key, after all, is an emergency way to find him in case something went wrong. It was only meant for if his enemies were closing in on him, but I suppose I could use this. The planet shifts again, grows closer, and then it, it goes in one more time, and you see a giant metallic pyramid. It, the pyramid itself is the size of, like, New York and it juts up into the sky. You can see all sorts of security and stuff around it. And there is a single blip of a dot coming from within it. You see that that pyramid is the seat of the triumvirate. And that is the current location of the Sunmaker. Oh my gosh. Commander Khan leans in with the pointed teeth. Now this is interesting. You can count on me to protect your back at any time. Don't smile. <sighs> well, the ship's yours. Let the adventures begin. And then he claps his hands and all the lights come on at once. And the engines start with a <laughs> I think that that's probably a good place to call it before we jump into another episode what do you guys think sounds good to me thanks for listening guys and thank you guys
See you later, spacers. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.